Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. Get ready to grip it and rip it. All right, let's move on. We got golfers waiting. Dedicated to bringing better golf to America, this is Tea to Green, the golf show. Talking golf 52 weeks a year and loving it. It is what we do every Sunday right here on Tea to Green, the golf show. Greetings and welcome in. Jay Ritchie and Jerry Evans thanking you for listening and for being the most important part of what we do every Sunday. What would we be without fans? What would sports be without fans? Well, we'll look at fans today on Tee to Green. There's a new book out. In fact, it's called Fans, How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. The book was written by author and golf writer Larry Olmsted, and it looks at all sports, but there is a part of it devoted to golf fans. Think Arnie's Army. Think about the Tiger Woods effect. Larry says fans have made golf one of the most popular sports in the world, and he will be here on Tee to Green today to tell us why. Then later in the hour, we will talk to Linda Harto. Since focusing her skills as a landscape painter to recreate some of the world's most beautiful holes in golf, Linda has become recognized as one of golf's leading artists. So extraordinary and realistic is her attention to detail that her oil paintings seem to come alive with a clarity that surpasses the camera. Her work is hanging at Augusta National. It's in the private collections of people, people like Robert Trent Jones and Jack Nicholas. She is also the founding trustee of the Academy of Golf Art. And Linda Harto joins us today on Tea to Green. It's early Sunday morning, the sun is coming up. I'm on the tea at seven. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh Lord, what am I gonna? Help me keep my head down, save me from those double bogey blues. We are America's longest-running network radio golf show. Check out our website, tdgreenradio.com. Like us on Facebook. Scott Cuddy is in master control. I'm Jay Ritchie, along with Jerry Evans. We are ready to go and ready to tee it up next with Larry Olmsted here on Tee to Green. 
Time for your small business report presented by Dell Small Business. As a business owner, you've got a lot of decisions to make. You're the one responsible for your company's ultimate success or failure. You're the one all of your employees look to for direction. And you're the one that has to see the big picture to know what moves to make next. But don't get so caught up in feeling accomplished by getting work done and those to-do items checked off that you forget to check in with yourself. Every week, take 30 minutes to have a meeting with yourself as the chief strategist of your business and make sure you're still headed in the right direction rather than just accomplishing a list of tasks. And that's your Dell Small Business Report. What do you get when you talk to a Dell Technologies advisor? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get someone who understands there's an art to listening. Mm-hmm. Sure. Who's able to hear more than what's being said and can provide tailored mm-hmm. small business solutions that make you feel okay. truly heard. I understand. Let's get started. For advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and solutions powered by Intel vPro platform, call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759. 800-449-1759. Again, that's 800-449-1759. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-4086. 800-918-4086. That's 800-918-4086. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Destination listening for dedicated golfers. And once again, you're in the right place. You found it. It's Tita Green, the golf show with Jerry Evans. I'm Jay Ritchie. We've got Scott Cuddy in master control. Roscoe, the rock star dog, is here. The band is back together. And we're having a good time on the first show in the month of May. Roscoe greeted me when I first arrived here, so he's uh, he's pretty happy right now. But anyway, we're glad to be back with each and every one of you today as we uh, celebrate another great show on Tita Green. Another home edition of the big show later in the hour. Linda Harto is going to be here. Did you know that there's such a thing as called the Academy of Golf Art? 
Uh, no. Yeah, well, but she, I get the picture. She's one of... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> she was a founding trustee of the Academy of Golf Art. Her works hang in places like Augusta National and Pinehurst wow. and Pebble Beach. Jack Nicholas has some of her work in his own private collection. We're going to talk about golf art with her later in the hour. That'll be nice. Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to that. Be kind of fun. Our first guest is standing by and ready to go. He's a noted author, writer. Uh, his last book was called Real Food, Fake Food, Why You Don't Know What You're Eating and What You Can Do About It. Okay. <laughs> he did a complete 360 or a 180 or whatever you want to call it. His new book is called Fans. How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. Uh, you've seen him appear as a gu- uh, an expert guest on TV and radio, CBS This Morning, ESPN Sports Center, Inside Edition. He's been on with Dr. Oz, uh, NPR, and now he joins us on Tee to Green to talk about his new book, Larry Olmstead. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Great, and uh, you know that this is my favorite of all those appearances. <laughs> of course, well, yes. naturally, <laughs> it better be. <laughs> uh, Larry spent the past five years researching the topic of sports fandom, interviewing professors, scientists, athletes, doctors, mayors, governors, ambassadors, cancer survivors, victims of terrorist attacks, team and league officials, journalists, museum curators, sportscasters, and countless fans around the country and around the world. Larry, I get most of those, but cancer survivors and victims of terrorist attacks, how does that fit in to sports fans? Yeah, well, you actually just went right to my favorite part of the book because it was a big surprise to me, and I think it's a big surprise to readers, is the role that sports fandom has played in post-traumatic healing of communities, as well as individuals. So, with you know, the cancer survivors and, and other diseases, I talk to people who use their sports fandom to battle their way through health issues, you know, whether it's chemo or recovery. One woman who, who did all her uh, physical therapy treadmill sessions after bone replacements to a John Elway cutout and watching Broncos games, you know, things like that. And the kids... Uh, at the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which was really touching because sports wishes are the second biggest after Disney wishes in the worldwide, uh, you know, Make-A-Wish. And all of these kids, you know, have some serious illness that they're trying to overcome. Uh, Larry, I I found it uh, rather interesting. You were talking about, uh, you know, uh, the people who were, you know, I guess in the military and and they suffered, you know, some some traumatic effects uh, from that. Um, you know, I work around a lot of people who who served uh, overseas in Afghanistan, wherever. But uh, they come back, and, and one of the things that was, I guess, the the thing that that really kind of bonded them together was was being a sports fan, and and uh, helped them through a lot of the the pain and the, the anguish that they went through being in a wartime situation. So I, I find it uh, really. Uh, very favorable that you were able to to include that as part of the book. Yeah, I mean, it really speaks to two of the big topics here. One is that after any kind of uh, community trauma, people have a tendency to want to shut down, lock down, stay home, stay secluded, but really they want to be, you know, part of society, be out there, and there's no place 
you can go and suddenly be with, you know, 50, 60,000 happy, friendly neighbors than going to a sporting event uh, or, you know, on a small scale going to a sports bar. You know, and I look at, like, after 9-11, if you remember, the first uh, first sporting event to come back was the Mets game in New York, you know, eight, nine days after 9-11, all the sports had been shut. And it was a huge moment of recovery for the city, for the nation. This year, 20 years later, anniversary of 9-11, they're going to, Major League Baseball has scheduled a Mets-Yankees game in New York for, for the September 11th. And it's going to be, you know, a big deal because there's people who still talk about, you know, how that, you know, helped them get back on the path. And the second part is, is just, you know, a lot of these benefits of being a fan, whether it's just being happier in general, you know, higher self-esteem, whatever it is, come from this sense of belonging to a community. And that's something, you know, fans experience even when they're not watching the game. If you, you know, go walk down the aisle of your local supermarket and you're, you know, a Broncos fan and you see someone in a Broncos hat, you're going to like, you know, making a connection that in the industry they call this the head nod. Right, you make a little eye contact, shake your head, and you and I are connected. It doesn't matter race, religion, age, income, education, political stance. We're Broncos fans, and you see the bumper stickers. So, like when you're a sports fan, you're you feel like you're part of a cohesive group, whether you're at a game, watching a game, or shopping. Larry Olmstead, our guest, his book is called "Fans Are Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding." He devotes part of that book to being a golf fan, and we'll get into that with Larry in the next segment, but we wanted to focus more on the on the entire general big picture with sports fans in this segment. Is was this a was this a thing, Larry, where you got into it and it and it did it surprise you? Was it a lot deeper than you thought it was going to go? Uh, absolutely. And you know, to be honest, I actually came at it from, from another direction. I you know, years ago I went to a Red Sox-Yankees game at Fenway Park, and I saw this couple that had two young kids dressed in these T-shirts with obscenities, I mean, like five- and seven-year-olds. And I left the game thinking, like, what's wrong with those people? You know, how could they do that, take their kids? The kids don't even know what it means, you know. And I thought, you know, maybe there's something about sports fandom that makes us crazy. I should look into this. So I looked into it, and as soon as I did, I saw the research was overwhelming that it's the opposite, that sports fandom makes us better people. And I've come to realize that the reason why those two people stood out to me out of 50,000 was because they're the outliers. The other, you know, 49,998 people at that game were normal, well-adjusted, you know, sports fans. So I found a lot of really surprising stuff, and, and this has sort of been my my MO as a journalist, you know, you mentioned this change from my last book. I just look for topics that are broad and big but haven't really been covered. And sports is huge, but nobody's really looked at sports fans. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a big Yankees fan, but I, I spend a lot of time traveling in the Boston area. I still speak to Jay, by the <laughs> way. So I used to, just, just to get under their skin a little bit, I, I would always wear Yankee you know, shirts and hats and stuff when I went there. And and I did get under their skin, but it was it would always be in a good way. Somebody would see that and they'd start needling me and I'd needle them back and it before we'd end up having a great uh, sports conversation after it was all over. I guess that's kind of what being a fan is. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the questions I get a lot is well, you know, these this tribalism rivalry where, you know, People from Boston say, oh, I hate New York, or, you know, people from Dallas, I hate the Giants. 
but you know they don't really and i you know i've spent a lot of time traveling all around the world and in every airport you know there's a bar with sports on tv and it doesn't matter whether it's you know snooker or golf or soccer or baseball you sit down you start talking to the person next to them and you sort of made a new friend even if you're on rival teams yeah the the laker fans still like larry bird even though they won't admit it and i remember when jeter retired the Red Sox gave him one of the best tributes ever in the last game he played at Fenway. So, you know, you're right. They they may they may hate him, but they don't really hate him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's like, one of the things I cover in the book that's probably some of the newest research is about fantasy sports. And this is really having a big impact on this because now you've got, you've got to have, if you want to be effective at fantasy sports, which about 60 million people in the U.S. and Canada now play, you've got to have, have – players from those teams that you previously disliked and that you know psychologists are studying it it is already creating like a more well-rounded sports fan who appreciates the game and the players more and the hatred of the individual teams less is that where you it came to the the title where you say sports makes us happier healthier and more understanding yeah the more understanding is is more about uh the social progress sports has made in us as citizens, making us more tolerant, um, democratic-minded people. And, and really, a lot of that you know, goes back to the civil rights movement, Jackie Robinson, racism. But you know, sports has, has played a big role, often ahead of politics or other you know, mainstream societal movements. In- All right, that's Larry Olmstead. We're going to break away, Larry, for some commercials here, and we'll come back and pick it up on the other side. The book, Fans, How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding on T to Green. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-403-5912. That's 800-403-5912. Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. 800-693-8290. 
That's 800-693-8290. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. That's 800-410-4771. We have news, interviews, and fun for everyone interested in golf, and we dish it out in great big helpings every Sunday here on Tee to Green, the golf show with Jerry Evans. I'm Jay Ritchie. We continue with our guest, Larry Olmstead. a second segment with Larry. His book is called Fans, How Watching Sports Make Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. And Larry, before we went into the break, you were talking about the impact on society that sports and sports fans have had no better example, I would think, than you go back a few years to Jackie Robinson and what he meant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jackie Robinson is the clearest example, you know, not just of, of breaking a barrier, but of changing sports fans. And, you know, sports fans are really dedicated to their teams at a level, you know, psychologists say it's so deep that it's like religion. The sports team fandom becomes a part of us. And so if your team does something, you know, say you're a Dodgers fan back then and you're racist, which unfortunately a lot of them were, and they bring in this black player and you don't like that, your choice is to sort of begrudgingly accept it and go on or stop watching the Dodgers. And for most fans, it's easier to begrudgingly accept it and go on. And that's a small step towards acceptance. And then more players come into the league and other changes. And sports has had that continuum of making its fans better people subconsciously. And it goes through the civil rights movement, the women's rights movement, the LGBTQ rights movement, and right now the social justice movement. And it's always had this transformative effect that that's, you know, really makes the world a better place to live in. And, and, and I think that's a story worth telling. Now, getting into golf specifically, uh, can you give us examples of, of what you would consider those uh, players or events that have happened that uh, have kind of shaped the landscape of golf? Yeah, golf is really unique among all of the sports that I looked at. I mean, first of all, most psychologists, sports psychologists, study team sports. Golf, you know, is unique in that there are no teams, and you know, and and that makes it somewhat more finite and time sensitive. Meaning, you know, if you're a Tiger Woods fan, well, someday he's going to stop playing. But like you mentioned, you're a Yankees fan. The Yankees presumably will still exist a hundred years from now. So golf is different in that it's an individual sport. But what I found really fascinating, and I came into this a weird way. I, I was looking at the fitness side of being a sports fan because you know sports fans have this stereotype as being couch potatoes 
And studies show that sports fans are actually more active than non-fans, but it's not clear why, right? Because some people might become sports fans because they're already active. They like playing some. They played Little League or soccer, and so they're sports fans. So I was looking for examples of how sports fandom can take somebody who is otherwise sedentary and actually transform them into an active participant, which is good for society. We all need to exercise more. So this is called the participation effect, where actually watching sports on TV makes you take that sport up. And, like, I love NFL football, but I never watch a game and say, I'm going to put on a helmet and go out in the street and have somebody hit me, right? I mean, (laughs) that just doesn't happen. Um, But it happens with some sports, notably the Olympics and golf. And golf is, is... is the most ch- sport most changed by this. And I went back, you've probably heard that pretty famous book, The Greatest Game Ever Played, about Francis Wimet in the 1913 U.S. Open. And back then, you know, golf was in its infancy in this country, and it was really an elite country club sport. You know, it has that stigma still, but it, it truly was. It was, you know, I say it was like yacht racing or dressage, or, you know, something really only for rich members of private clubs. So there were about 500 golf courses in the United States. Almost all of them were private. Then along comes this, you know, son of a handyman, wins the U.S. Open in dramatic fashion at Brookline. The entire American sports public is totally captivated by this, even though they don't follow golf previously. They're, like, amazed. The next year, Walter Hagen, another working-class player, comes along, wins the U.S. Open, goes over, becomes the first American to win the British Open, and suddenly people are like, hey, what's this golf thing? Let's check it out. And a decade later, there's 6,000 golf courses in the United States. 80% of them are public, and millions of people have taken up the game who would not have if they hadn't had this spectator sport drama. So, you know, I make the argument that if it were not, no, I mean, no, no professional sport exists without fans. They needed to pay the bills. But golf as a sport we enjoy would not exist without the fans because it never would have become big. So I, I think that's a, a pretty interesting, you know, and then Bobby Jones comes along 10 years later and just adds fuel to this fire as, as an amateur. And, you know, we just had the Masters, right? There'd be no Masters if people in a very particular time hadn't become captivated with watching golf. That's a great point. The book is called Fans, How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. Uh, from there, the golf went on to Sam Snead, Ben Hogan, and then the 1950s, and a guy that eventually brought an army to golf. His name was Arnie. Yeah. Arnie's Army, you know, and then, of course, Tiger Woods. So, you know, there's, there's these, it's a recurring effect. You know, golf sometimes goes through waning periods. You know, certainly before Tiger, there was a decline in participation, and, the, you know, the pandemic helped golf as well. But, um, but you know, there's always somebody coming along who is going to make it interesting to watch on TV. And, you know, you see that even now in the ratings, right? If, if somebody like Tiger tees it up, that event gets watched more than if they don't show. I found it uh, fascinating that, you know, in in watching golf myself, that uh, a lot of people, in addition to watching Tiger and seeing how well he did, they also were watching Phil Mickelson. And it, it was funny because there was almost like this rivalry of right-handed golfers against left-handed golfers. And a lot of people were saying, I don't care that uh, Phil Mickelson is left-handed. I like the idea that he's out there competing. And I'm a right-handed player. But I love Phil Mickelson, so uh, you kind of get that rivalry 
feeling even from the standpoint of which side of the ball you're hitting it on. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, um, one of the things, I had finished the book before the pandemic, but I knew it wasn't coming out yet, so I got time to sort of reflect on the effect that the shutdown of sports had and get some more data as sports return. And as you probably recall, one of the very first live things that came back were these you know, special golf tournaments with uh, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and Tom Brady, you know, the, the, and um, the, the whole, you know, mixed sports two-man competitions, which, you know, did pretty well. Well, I was going to, you, you must have read my mind because I was going to go there with my next question. The match, as it was called, <laughs> that was it, during the pandemic, the early stages, that was like the biggest sporting event that we had seen in a while and it was and it they delivered all four of those guys so Peyton Manning in there too they all delivered talk about an effect there that was that was super yeah well i mean i personally i i used to write a lot more on golf than i do now i you know now it's more generally sports but i've had i've had the uh privilege of playing in a few PGA Tour pro-ams and you know the quarterbacks are always good players you know there's there's so many of them uh i mean Athlete, you know, professional athletes in general, they have great hand-eye coordination, but, you know, I've seen Elway and Marino and these guys play in person, and, and it's, like, shocking to me how good they can be at golf. So where where do we go here as far as fans, fandom, and sports? Are we entering sort of a new era? Um, I, you know, I think, like I was talking about with the, the social progress, it, it's a continuum. There's nothing, like, shockingly new, but right now... Um, it's a very hot time because of the advent of social media, right? So fan, uh, players have a much bigger and more direct platform to their fans and as such can take a more active role. Uh, you're seeing, that's why you're seeing, um, more, uh, more professional athletes become TV producers and host shows and things, um, because, you know, they have that kind of crossover. They can affect things like social justice issues, governmental issues, uh, voter registration. And that the big change in that is that it's, it's affected the teams and the leagues. You know, there have always been activist athletes, but the teams have tried to sort of stay out of it. And now that, you know, suddenly that's 180 degrees on field, on uniform messaging, the NFL uh, committing a quarter of a billion dollars to fight systemic racism. You know, and most of these are, are changes for the better that are ultimately brought around by the fans. I mean, you know, they're the ones who enable the athletes and give them the platform. So, you know, I think, you know, my big takeaway was, you know, if you're a sports fan, of course you're going to like my book because there's something in there you'll relate to. You can read about golf or whatever it is. But I want non-fans to sort of appreciate how the sports fans make their world a better place to live in, and, and that's what I think is really interesting and doesn't get much conversation. Now, on the other side of the coin, do you feel like there's a lot of backlash? Uh, I mean, certainly. You know, there, there always has been. You know, there was backlash when Jackie Robinson came in, and, you know, when, when, when Nike picked Colin Kaepernick to do its ads, there were people on social media burning, you know, Nike gear and saying, I'll never buy it again. On the other hand, there were a lot more people saying, I'll buy more Nike gear, and that's why Nike stock hit record, high, record highs and their products were sold out despite the backlash. So I think, you know, ultimately, if, you know, if the fact that, you know, the NFL wants to combat racism bothers you, then, you know, maybe you're not the sports fan I'm trying to reach. Larry, how can people get the book? We've got about 30 seconds. 
Yeah, it's widely available, hardcover, uh, ebook, audiobook, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, your local indie store. I built my own site, sportsfansbook.com, that just has excerpts and reviews and links to articles about this topic for people who want to learn more. But, you know, you can buy it at the click of a button or, better yet, go down to your indie bookstore and support them. It's called Fans, How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. Larry Olmstead, thanks for joining us today on Tea to Green. My pleasure. Hi, this is Ron Barr, and I've got great news for anyone suffering from ongoing pain due to aging, overexertion, and the effects of everyday living. Relief Factor is a 100% research-based formula that was created to combat the root causes of inflammation. Relief Factor is designed to address sore muscles, stiff joints, aches, and the general discomfort you may feel. There are four key ingredients, and each approaches the body's natural inflammatory response function from a different metabolic pathway. And they've got something special for Sports Byline Network listeners. You can get their three-week quick start program for just nineteen ninety-five. That's only 95 cents a day. Head to relieffactor.com or call 1-800-500-8384. Relief Factor helps to support a healthy response to inflammation and decreases discomfort from the effects of daily living. And you can get yours at relieffactor.com or by calling 1-800-500-8384. Your life, your freedom. Get back to living at relieffactor.com. Come on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. Oh, good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than 1000 If you owe the IRS 5000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. And now today's cleaning tip from Tubitow's Heavy Duty Cleaning Wipes. Most people are disinfecting more frequently these days. But did you know there's a difference between disinfecting and cleaning? Cleaning is the first step before disinfecting and is needed on a regular basis to remove germs, dirt, and dust from surfaces. Plus, keeping a clean surface helps minimize the growth of future germs. And now a word from Tub of Towels. At Tubba Towels, we started with the toughest messes and quickly realized Tubba Towels heavy-duty cleaning wipes can clean just about anything, like stubborn brake dust, spilled paint, even permanent marker. There's literally thousands of uses. Proudly made in the USA with over 30,000 five-star reviews. Find Tubba Towels heavy-duty cleaning wipes at your local auto parts store, the Home Depot, Lowe's, and more. Look for the big yellow tub. Your top source for golf news and entertainment on the radio, online, and on your smartphone. You found it. It's Tita Green. It's the golf show with Jerry Evans. I'm Jay Ritchie. Scott Cuddy. 
today in Master Control, and our next guest is standing by ready to go. Before we get to Linda Harto, a quick reminder from our friends at Divot Magazine about Colorado's premier golf discount program, the 2021 Green Saver, the golf coupon book or the mobile. You can play more and save more, get over $11,000 worth of golf savings, yours for just $50. Save with free green fees, two-for-one green fees, 50% off green fees, free cart rentals, plus there's discounts on food and drink, lodging, lessons, and club fittings. Save at over 80 total courses. There's eight new courses here in Colorado, four in the Las Vegas area. And if you've already spent your 50 bucks for the book, double your offer by adding Green Saver Mobile for just $29 or get them both, the coupon book and the mobile, for just $70. For more info, call 303-797-8700 or go online at greensavergolf.com. Never pay full price to golf again. New this year, Jerry, the Brew Saver daily drink discounts at more than 50 venues around the state of Colorado. Sign up today at www.brewsaver.net. And I was just holding it up as you were reading that. So <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's a great value, no doubt about it. And I encourage everyone to get the book and get the uh, Brew Saver coupon as well. Yeah, go to greensavergolf.com. Our next guest, Linda Harto, uh, is a founding trustee of the Academy of Golf Art, whose members are some of the finest golf artists in the world. Uh, there's probably a lot of people who don't even realize, who look at golf art at their club or if they're uh, somewhere in a golf venue and don't realize that there's a lot of people who work very hard at this craft and some who are just really, really good at it. Linda Harto is one of them. And she joins us right now on Tee to Green. Hi, Linda. How you doing? I am great. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction, too. The uh, the world of landscape painting and golf art, how did they come together for you? Oh, wow. Well, it was back in 1984 when the uh, pros at Augusta asked me if I could paint a golf course and I said, sure. So I did the 13th hole at Augusta then, and the rest, you know, it led to a complete career in golf landscape, which, you know, I've been doing ever since. Are you a golfer? I'm an avid watcher. I really, (laughs) you know, I have a discipline in my life. I don't need to, (laughs) but I enjoy it on that level. I think it's you know, a fantastic game, and, uh, you know, I love watching it. Now, you've uh, done some paintings that are in the gallery, if you want to call it that, of like Jack Nicklaus and some other famous players Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Uh, What does that mean to you when you see uh, or have people who who want to purchase your your paintings and and have them in their own collection? Oh, it's very gratifying, for sure. Uh, Some of the clubhouses and personal collections are uh just wonderful wonderful places and wonderful people so it's Linda's very work rewarding has, has gained international fame she's the only artist ever commissioned by the USGA and the RNA of St Andrews to do the annual paintings and prints for the US Open and British Open championships how long has that been going on Linda <laughs> well, I did the U.S. Open for 25 consecutive years, 
Wow. And I did the whole rotation of the British Open, but boy, I'll tell you, plus Augusta National, I was really, really busy. It no takes pressure me a very there, long huh? Time. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Tournaments, yeah, a little pressure there. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 it kept me really, really busy for quite a long time now. Uh, were there any locations yeah. that, I'm sorry, Linda, were, were there any locations that, uh, where you did the painting that were more difficult than other places? Uh, not really. I mean, I look at it, it's all landscape. It's different, and that's what makes it uh, exciting to do, is to see it in a different setting. So, no, I, w- I would say, you know, I may have some favorites, uh, I think like Royal Dornick and some of the Scottish and Irish courses have that wild look as opposed to the manicured perfection of Augusta, you know. It's it's a, a lot of variety, and it makes it very interesting, for sure. Take us through the process of how you do it. Uh, do you actually view it first and then uh, start yeah. getting ideas and then go from there? Yes, I go to every course that I've done and uh, take a lot of pictures and I work from the reference of the photographs. I don't do much artwork right on the course. It's just too too difficult. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and sometimes I'll go back again and again to a course if, you know, I don't get quite what I want the first time or the second time. It, it's just an ongoing process to really get the best out of it. You have to figure out the character of the course and I like a person to know what course he's looking at so you have to figure out how that that particular scene is going to let people know where it is Did you get a lot of frequent flyer miles? <laughs> I did back in the days you bet <laughs> went to uh, England, uh, Scotland, England or Ireland every single year are there some similarities here, Linda, in what you do to uh, to people who uh, take photographs for a living? Is is it sort of all the same same process in some respect? Mm, I I well, my paintings can take up to six months to do, so <laughs> it's a little wow. different. I have to get the photo reference, but uh, that's not my end product, and I don't even think of it as an end product. It's it's more like pieces of a puzzle from all the different photographs. And I switch things around a little bit with lighting and move things, you know, where photographers, well, of course, some of them do that anyway. But, you know, it, it's it's a long process. And once you've completed the painting, then it has to go to, you know, for digital capture and then produced in prints, and it's a long process for one image. Linda's painted prestigious golf courses from the U.S. to Scotland to Hong Kong. Her paintings are in the collections of such famous clubs as Augusta National, Pine Valley, and Laurel Valley. Her originals are also included in the private collections of Jack Nicholas, Robert Trent Jones, and Reese Jones. Tell us the, the first time that Jack Nicholas contacted you and wanted to buy one of your paintings. Is there a story there? Well, kind of, yeah. There, there was, um, back in the early 90s, there was a, a, a series of ABC TV specials with Jack Nicholas. 
and a couple of them had to do with uh, the most dramatic holes of golf that Jack picked. And, uh, you know, I did a lot of paintings for those particular TV shows. And then he liked them so much he bought them. So <laughs> that was great. <laughs> How many did you do for Jack? Uh, seven. Wow. Seven paintings. Wow. Yeah. Uh, were there any other iconic moments that you were able to capture and you've developed into your paintings? Uh, well, I, like I say, I try to uh, see the optimal uh, characteristics of every course that I do. So, I, I, you know, I don't know how to answer that. It's just, it's just a part of the discovery for the reference material. I try to go at the best time of year for it, you know, when it's looking its best, shall we say. <laughs> so you began as as a landscape painter. You didn't start out yes. painting mm-hmm. golf courses, did you? No, uh-uh. I did landscapes. I even did some equine art and portraits and you name it, I did it. <laughs> Uh, The Academy of Golf Art, you're a founding trustee. I I mentioned to Jerry earlier in the show, uh, sort of a tease for the segment, that uh, I didn't even realize, and I don't think Jerry did either, there was such a thing as the Academy of Golf Art. Tell us about that and what it is and what what you do, what they do. Uh, Well, we have shows, and uh, we try to encourage it as a genre in the fine art world, which um, basically we're trying to attract collectors and have a kind of a meeting ground between the artists that want to do and uh, golf art and the collectors and, you know, people that just like looking at it. So, yeah, we've worked at that and had shows in different parts of the country, different museums like Morris Museum of Art in Augusta, Nash, Augusta Georgia. And um yeah, that's that's kind of what we what we do. Are there a lot of golf artists? Are there a lot of people who do this for for a living? Uh I don't know uh a fair amount, yes, I would say. A lot of people want to do it, but you know, that was part of the reason for um uh, Forming the academy was to give them a venue, you know, a place to uh, show the work. Some of the paintings that you've done, uh, now you said that obviously you captured a lot of what Jack Nicholas was in, and I, I, I really don't want to go back to this necessarily, but it just seems like uh, it, it would be really uh, an enticement as far as an artist to, to see uh, some of the major events that have happened in history. I mean, I think about... When mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson won Definitely. the Masters, you know, uh, when he jumped up, I was thinking, what, what a great picture that would be on, on an easel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really do the the players much. I mean, I don't put people in the scene. I'm more just looking at the course itself. Uh, other artists do that wonderfully. So <laughs> that's that's the beauty of having a number of different artists with different approaches the game and there's so many different aspects that can be rendered in art it's just you know endless basically you've been doing this um, a while are you are you still doing it linda or uh, yes. are you working on anything right now what are you working on or what do you plan to work on 
Oh, well, I just finished one for a club in Chicago that's having a, a Western amateur this year, uh, Glenview. And, um, yeah, I'm about ready to start something else. I just finished that one, so I'm just kind of recouping from that one. <laughs> Are you still continuing your relationship with the uh, USGA and the RNA for the uh, U.S. Open and the British Open? Uh, no, I, I ended those... Um, pretty much in 2014. Um, you know, I just wanted to spend, <clears throat> excuse me, I wanted to spend more time. And it was such a frenetic schedule. It just was getting to me. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, you, I really wanted to do uh, maybe even some other things like landscapes or something. But uh, the golf has kept me busy all these years. I'm just slowing down a little bit because I want more time to spend and not so many deadlines. Uh, we hear you on that. Linda Hartfield, <laughs> founding trustee of the Academy of Golf Art. Her work has gained international fame from landscape painter to recreating some of the world's most beautiful golf holes on canvas. Linda, thanks yes, for joining I... us today. This has been interesting. Yes, thanks uh... for joining us. Thank you very much. We will take a quick break. We're not done yet. When we come back, we'll talk a little about golf that's happening this weekend on the tours and the legends that are playing down in the Houston area. Even Colin Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more T.D. Green right after this. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-4086. 800-918-4086. That's 800-918-4086. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-846-2153. 800-846-2153. 800-846-2153. That's 800-846-2153. 
Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 fastest hour in radio and the quickest hour in golf td green continues not done yet time to take a look at what's happening in golf the ladies the lpga overseas they're in singapore for the hsbc women's world championship and i don't know if it's today there or tomorrow there or yesterday there it's all different dates to me too so So we will we'll we'll kind of skip that Uh, palm harbor florida innsbruck resort the copperhead course the valspar championship Keegan Bradley, where's he been? He's Pat Bradley's son, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, he's <laughs> he hasn't won in three years. No, but he's tied for the lead at fourteen under par with Sam Burns going into the last round today. Max Homa, a shot back, and a group of four: Abraham, Abraham Anser, Cameron Tringali, Ted Potter Jr., Joaquin Neiman are four back at ten under Charlie Hoffman at 9-under, heading into the final round in Florida today. And the Insperity Invitational, uh, this is on the Tour Champions in the Woodlands in Texas near Houston. They had rain on Friday, wiped out the whole round. They had rain yesterday, wiped out most of the round. So I don't know if they're even going to get to finish, but Tim Petrovic starts today today at minus 6, a one-shot lead over Mike Weir but he's only played 12 holes. Weir's played 13, so they're they're trying to play catch-up there. Today. A lot of catch-up, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, uh, 12 players are at three under par, including John Daly. Haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, but this is the tournament that invites the legends back to play every year, and it's always kind of fun. How about this for a team? Nancy Lopez, Larry Nelson, Dave Stockton, and Hale Irwin are wow. competing. And the team that is getting the most attention, Lee Trevino, Gary Player, Jack Nicholas, and Annika Sorenstam. Why not? You know, Annika's dressing those boys up. Trevino's got six majors. He's got the least majors of anybody <laughs> on that team. <laughs> Poor guy. Annika's got like 13, Player's got nine, and Nicholas has like 500, I think. <laughs> so if you get a chance, check it out, the Insperity Invitational. Watch the old the old legends play. They're, they're lots of fun still. And they can still hit the ball. Oh, a long way, that's yeah. for sure. Our thanks to Larry Olmsted for joining us today here on Tita Green. His book, How Fans, How Watching Sports Make Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. And thanks to Linda Harto for being with us today to talk about golf art as well. Fun show. Thanks for joining us.